Welcome to Daily Dose of Dr. Mary and Dee. I'm Maz Mary, And I'm Dana DelVal. Whether you're a person on an addiction sobriety path, or you know someone who is, we're here to talk about our journey with it. And more importantly, we want to help end the stigma and shame of alcoholism. And we want to bring some hope and laughter along the way too. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. Good morning. Woo. Um, I just operated there. It's true. It's uh, it's a snowy guest Thursday. Thursday with a guest who just texted to say he's on his way, but he's in Moorhead. He got stuck by behind a train, and the roads are terribly, terribly icy. So um, we're gonna just banter till Alex comes on. We're banter. <laughs> Let's banter away. Yeah. So. Um, we're not going to bemoan the weather. It's all right. It is what it is. My hair looks funny today. Um, but, oh, back to hair. That was the whole premise of when we first started. Yes, it was. You were having a bad hair day back yeah, in Yeah, it is a tough, tough, tough deal. Um, oh, no, look at Bob Wilson morning. He's always like, Bob, we'll take your word for it. We don't know, Alex. And hopefully that doesn't hurt Alex's feelings. Um, but it's good to know snow and trains i mean what can you do so i oh let's see great all right he'll be on in just a second this is very exciting um dr mary yes ma'am are you worried about taking your little car into this weather today uh it's been worse you know it's uh yeah you know because it wasn't icy there's no ice under the snow so it yeah but i've read two reports and we'll ask alex when he hops on Hopefully sooner than later. Um, he might just start screaming out oh, snow there again is. for everyone. There he is. Whew. We have nothing more good to say. Let's bring Alex on. <laughs> good morning, Alex. Hey, Alex. Good morning. How are the roads, sir? Uh, they are slippery. Uh, my kids go to Park Christian in Moorhead, so we had to get from Fargo to Moorhead and then back. And of course, I was in Moorhead, so that means there was a train. Of course, always when you need to. <laughs> somewhere then there's at least two trains often yeah yep well you're here now you got here uh-huh. back to wherever you are safely and that is mm-hmm. all good nice to meet you alex and nice to meet you guys as well yep so um i wrote on facebook this morning that we first connected with you because you loved the hashtag normalize na drinking yes absolutely and uh so I'm assuming you also are an NA drinker then. Uh-huh. I am, yep. yep. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, so tell us tell us your journey, Alex. What got you to the NA part of drinking? Uh, what got me to the NA part of drinking? That's a good question. Um, so I grew up, oh, I guess I'll just start at the beginning. I, guess I, was, I was born in central Minnesota, but raised here in Fargo um, since I was three, um, graduated from Oak Grove. Uh, after high school, um, I joined the Army. I went to um, a senior military college down in Georgia uh, to start, uh, which was great. Um, I think like the Citadel West Point, that kind of thing. Uh, one of the senior military colleges, very steeped in tradition. Um, and then from there, uh, I was an infantryman in the army, went to uh, Iraq in 2006, um, spent 16 months there, 
Uh, and then later on, when I got out of the military, I was a private security contractor. I worked mostly in Afghanistan in that area. Um, worked for the Defense Department, State Department as well. And then now I'm a police officer here uh, back home in the city of Fargo. And what it, my so my journey into sobriety was it was slow and fast at the same time. Um, I didn't, I wasn't one of those people that started like with my first drink, I knew that this was <clears throat> going to be an issue. I wasn't, that wasn't me at all. Um, I, when I came home from Iraq, um, they told us that we were going to have, because of what we had done and seen, we were going to have issues with substance abuse, uh, PTSD, and we were, I can't remember the stat they gave us, but it was a very large percentage of us were going to be parents. And I was recently married. My wife and I actually got married uh, five weeks before I left for Iraq. Um, married my high school sweetheart, sitting like eight feet from me in her home office. Um, and we we thought like, nope, none of that stuff is us. We're gonna do the young and married thing. Uh, approximately 10 months after I came home, our oldest was born and he turns 14 on Sunday. Um, and I told myself as I watched a lot of my friends uh, struggle with alcohol, uh, legal troubles, PTSD, uh, I, I told myself, well, at least I'm not an alcoholic and at least I don't have PTSD. Uh, fast forward a long time. <laughs> and I had gone through a bunch more like the biggest thing for me was loss of friends. I've said it before. I've been a pallbearer more than I've been a groomsman. Um, and I remember I was carrying my my best friend died. My best friend Andrew died uh, September 14th, 2009 in Afghanistan. And um, I remember being at his funeral. I spoke at his funeral and then was a pallbearer. And I remember carrying his casket out of the church behind the bagpipes. And I'm in a dress uniform, but luckily I had sunglasses on. And I'm just, I'm, I'm a complete mess. Um, and I remember thinking, I just, I just don't want to feel like this. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to feel this again. Um, and so a few more years go by. Uh, I was a contractor overseas, lost some friends there as well. Lost a couple friends to suicide uh, in the interim. And like I said, it was just probably like seven or eight years ago when I started using alcohol as like, um, and I was able to keep that uh, very well hidden. Um, from everybody, like everybody except my wife. Um, she was suffering very silently with being married to someone with substance abuse problem. And on the outside, I was just, I was normal. Like I was the guy that could go to the, the bar with everybody after work and have a couple of beers and it wasn't a big deal. Um, but then I would also stop at the hostel on the way out while everybody else was headed home. Um, and it just got to the point where there's you know, so many mornings waking up going like, 
do this. Got to stop. And finally, it was just Saturday night, and wasn't anything in particular that popped up on it. Said I'm done. Um, and I went and found help the next morning. Um, everything from there has been. I'm very fortunate um, in my sobriety journey. I didn't. I didn't lose my family. I didn't lose my job. Um, didn't get in trouble. Probably the thing that I'm most fortunate about is I didn't like lose any friends or anything. I can. I don't do it often, but I have no issue going to a bar with friends and hanging out um, or going to a house party or whatever. I, uh, it doesn't bother me. Um, and one of the things that I'm fortunate for is that being able to be an NA drinker. Um, I consider that something that I'm very fortunate with when I talk to other guys and they say like, I can't even, I can't even think about like an NA beer because I would either be able to use it to cover up the smell of actual alcohol or um, like, I, yeah, I had a friend tell me like, no, I can't do that because I could drink a couple of NA beers and then I could go have a bunch of you know, real beers. And then if somebody smelled it on me, it would just be NA beer. I never um, thought about that. Yeah. I never thought about that. So it, like for me, beer was never like the stumbling block. Um, the beer was the social thing that I used to like cover up the fact that I was you know, half a bottle of Bacardi deep already for the day. Um, so I, yeah, I've tried like they make the non-alcoholic spirits. I tried that. That was just like a Band-Aid. Um, I'm sure it's great for like a cocktail. I haven't, there's some restaurants now that are starting to do that and I'll probably give that a whirl, but I remember right when I, and, and I do think when people first get into sobriety, like the NA thing, that's not like an immediate goal for you, mm. or it shouldn't be in my opinion. Um, it shouldn't be like, okay, I'm going to drink alcohol yesterday and I'm going to switch to NA beer today. Like, I don't think that's, I think that's just a recipe for you're going to drink like a hundred NA beers in one day. Mm -hmm. uh, I, for me, it wasn't, something that was a huge part of my journey it was right away and i only say that that it's a band-aid because i tried that um like the week after i quit drinking i i had to go to a wedding and um it just it, it felt like i was just substituting and i remember talking to an older gentleman who uh, had shared some passages from the book and talked about if you're trying to feel something from that experience that you're missing from that you're missing in your sobriety, then you're not doing yourself any favors. If you're there for, if you're doing whatever you're doing for a legitimate social or familial reason, that's totally fine. Um, but if you're just trying to substitute, you know, if you're just trying to drink decaf coffee, essentially, <laughs> it, it's not, you're, you're not doing yourself any favors in my opinion, because it, that's what I did. So I probably didn't touch anything in a for, I've been sober for like 19 months. I feel like after, I'm one of those people that like, after your kid is a year old, they're a year old until they're two. Yeah. So like counting the months is a little bit difficult. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like 19 months. And it's probably like 
six or eight months for me. It just wasn't a part of it. And then it was actually right around my, right after my, my one year, I was at uh, a law enforcement appreciation event actually put on by Budweiser. Um, DS Beverages for Moorhead, they do a huge deal. They rent out the Air Museum. And, oh, yeah. And they had the Clydesdales and everything, and they and they tell you to bring your kids, and they auction off, or not auction off, they uh, draw names from each agency uh, for a keg of beer, which is seven cases, six point something cases of beer. Um, and I won. And I walked up there, and I was like, um, I don't drink. I'd be more than happy to donate this to friends. I'll, I'll be the beer fairy. I'll go drop off cases of beer at all my buddy's house and have a great summer. But, and, but I said, do you, can I get this in Bud Zero? And the lady's like, I don't see why not. So I went over to DS Beverages in Moorhead and they drove a forklift out of Bud Zero and set it in the back of my truck. Um, so I've, I had at one point like seven cases of Bud Zero stacked up in my basement, and I now I have them stashed at my in-laws' house and my my our lake cabin, and so everywhere I go, I'm good. But um, I think that was probably the largest single distribution of Bud Zero in the history of the Moorhead area. That's really really funny. Um, well, Alex, first of all, and I I don't want this to sound just like a pass off, but mm-hmm. my gosh, thank you for your service. Yes, it was wow. my pleasure. Yep. You have been in service to all of us for the great majority of your life. So thank you yep. for that. And um, that was 18, yeah. Yeah, thanks for <clears throat> sharing this. We've not talked to anybody who is a physical manifestation of the statistics that we're hearing about mm-hmm. the military and the trauma coming back. Mm-hmm. And, and what you've seen and experienced. And um, gosh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it, it, it really was my pleasure. Um, I was that kid when I grew up that um, I knew I was going to be, you know, I wanted to be G.I. Joe and then thought I'd be a cop. Um, and it just kind of worked out. Yeah, well, that's great. Here, somebody wrote to say hi to you. Mike, oh, yeah. my God. Do you know Mike? I don't. Oh, I do. <laughs> okay. Okay, I thought maybe you. Okay. Yes. I'll I'll play this greeting for you because I know this must be for you, and I'm assuming you'll find it entertaining. No, there's Bob. (laughs) (laughs) We are said you're late because of snow. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really interesting to listen to your story, Alex, because it's it's uh, minus the military piece and Mm -hmm. sort of the trauma decision, it's much more in keeping with your journey than many other people's. What do you want to say about that? I, I, you know, I, I don't have a DUI. I, I never, I never got into trouble. I never. Your job was never physically harmed anyone. I did. I kept doing my job. I kept doing Mm -hmm. my well enough that they couldn't do anything about. I mean, a lot of people at work knew I was drinking, but they didn't, I didn't do anything wrong enough right. for them to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking back, um, I'm I'm glad I I got my rock bottom because these last five years have been absolutely spectacular. And drinking non-alcoholic beer, um, I never really drank beer when I was drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so Thank yeah, you. yeah, when we did some like DIY projects or big things in the garden. You know, mm-hmm. 
date would nip across the Bernies and get you know a six pack of beer, and just getting a six pack of of like Caliber or Heineken Zero, just mm-hmm. to drink one after you've done something, it's fantastic. Yeah, it, it's it really is nice, and it's been nice. My wife's not a not a big drinker. Um, she's like I guess I would say below average drinker. Uh, she's above average for everything else, but. Um, she's a, a below, below average drinker one of those people that drinks on vacation and and you know a few times in the summer or whatever and so when we go out it's been interesting for a long you know for probably the first I don't know, six eight months i would i would tell her tell friends like it's okay if you want to have a drink because i like i know we're not here and we're not going to close the place down like we're here for dinner i know that that's not where we're going with this and and she was skittish about that obviously at first but um it's been really nice to go and now she's like she's like a crusader for this like when we go places and and i'll ask or i'll see the menu or whatever and it like we we were at we live not far from frank's and so we were at frank's one day and, and they didn't have the the craft na that they had there the time before and she's like we need to talk to the server like somebody needs to talk to the bar manager about this because if they're just going to have one NA beer, that's just, they need to have that. They need to have the good one back. Yep. Um, like I was like, it's, it's okay. <laughs> but um, I, it's, yeah, it's absolutely, you know, and if, and if, if you're that person that your stumbling block was that you drank a case of beer every day, then this probably isn't for you. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was a, you know, for beer for me was mowing the lawn or doing projects outside or I I like to fish. So fishing with friends or whatever, but it was never like, that was never my go-to. I've told people this before, if they never would have made Bacardi Coke, I probably wouldn't have ever been an alcoholic, but um, (laughs) just in jest, but it, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a niche thing, the NA deal because obviously it's a stumbling block for a lot of people. So that's something that I'm always careful about when I talk to people, but yeah, definitely all about it for me. Yeah. It's interesting. I feel like I might like your wife because I find myself mm-hmm. to sort of being yeah. like a, hey, you need to be thinking about this. We were, yeah. I think it was Chicago airport. And we, were oh, just, yeah. we had a delay and I said, let's go and have a drink. So we went into the, the United Bar Land. We just happened to have uh-huh. a couple of passes. So we went up to the bar and Dana asked, he said, oh, what kind of wine have you got? She said, do you have non-alcoholic beer? And he went, no. And she went, and I said, I'll have a Diet Coke. And Dana said, no, you're not having Coke. We just walked off. <laughs> I just think you can, everybody can keep a six pack, a 12 pack mm-hmm. around for the few times that somebody asks. Mm-hmm. That is no inconvenience to anybody. And you you might literally be the difference between saving somebody's life and ruining somebody's life mm-hmm. simply because you say, yep, we do. It's just, yep, it's that simple. Yeah. yeah. There were some meals I used to drink a beer with, like fish and chips. Mm-hmm. But beer and fish in Fargo do have Bud Zero. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic to have yeah. a Bud Zero with, with mm-hmm. your fish and chips. Yeah, so, I, yeah, for me, like a, a cheeseburger and, and beer or or pizza and beer like the i feel like that's a friday night tradition for millions of families around the country is you know the friday night pizza and, and a six pack and so yeah i 
I'm, I'm all about it. And I really think the timing wise has been great for me because the, I feel like the NA thing really hit about the time that I sobered up. Um, I, I remember driving probably just a few months after, well, when Bud Zero came out and they had, I'm not a basketball fan, but, um, which basketball it's one of the huge NBA players is on billboards for Budweiser. And the fact that, that Budweiser actually has taken out billboards. There's one on 32nd Avenue South in Fargo, just west of university, uh, a Bud Zero billboard. And the fact that they're willing to put, they're willing to pay for a billboard. And Bud Zero had a Super Bowl commercial this year yep. for what, $5 million for 30 seconds or whatever it was. That's, that, that should be a sign to our local breweries, which are great places for people to socialize and hang out and they make amazing products is if Budweiser is willing to do it, if Coors is willing to do it, if Heineken is willing to do it, the biggest beer company in the world, Stella, I was surprised the heck out of me when I was at a bar in Florida a couple months ago and my wife was, had beat me there and she had ordered me a Stella NA and I was thinking of my, I used to fly through Dubai airport four or five times a year and I would always order a Stella because they would told us that if you if you're anywhere in the world and you don't want people to think you're an American or you have to conceal the fact that you're an American order a Stella yeah universal everywhere on the planet Stella or Heineken and so to be able to I mean if those the biggest beer companies in the world are doing it they're not only doing it but they're putting money into it yeah then it's time for some of the local breweries to be able to do that. And I'm not a brewer. I don't know how beer is made that much. I know I like it, but like, I think they can do it. And I think they can do it well because I know a lot of guys in my profession that aren't alcoholics. They, they can drink normally, but because of our job, we, if we have a critical incident, like especially a shooting, we get blood tested uh, afterwards. And so that's, that's part of our process. If there's an officer involved shooting and you're one of the officers that's involved in that, um, you have to go, the, the department compels you um, through some Supreme Court rulings and stuff at, at threat of your employment that you have to take a blood test. Um, and I believe they do hair and urine as well. But they check you for all the illegal drugs, um, even like prescribed painkillers and uh, <clears throat> anything that's, that can affect you, you know, from the neck up. And so a lot of guys are, they have a, a lot of people in my profession have a hard and fast rule that they don't drink during the work. So when they come home, they don't have a beer unless it's their Friday. And uh-huh. so a lot of guys that I know now, um, because there's a few of us who don't drink um, and, and, have, and have kind of championed the, the NA, um, there's guys that'll go that keep a 12 pack of Bud Zero or Heineken Zero in their house so they can have a beer after work um, without it being alcohol, even though if they're just going to have one fast forward 12, 14 hours, if they're involved in a critical incident, that's not going to show up on their blood panel, but they just want to be able to say, I, I haven't had a drink in three days. Whatever, yep. yeah. they get asked. So, well, there's I, a lot of, there's a lot of all that to say, there's a lot of people who I think would get behind the NA movement here in Fargo-Moorhead that aren't alcoholics, that don't have a substance abuse. I, I think that's a great point. I mean, we, we hear all the time that um, Jen, 
Zers and millennials mm. are just choosing not to start drinking. They've grown up around it. Mm. They know the damaging effects of it. And so they're just making the choice not to even introduce it into their lives, but they mm. are highly social. They want to gather, they want to mm. supporting local breweries, local restaurants, that kind of thing. So I think your point is right. This is not the kind of thing that is only for people who can't drink or shouldn't yep. drink. This is for people, period. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. So I, I think it's uh, really interesting to watch it evolve, too, because your point, of course, is absolutely accurate. Heineken doesn't need the money that they're making off of NA beer yeah. unless there's real money to be made. I mean, Alex, you brought up a good point about billboards and advertising. So two of the main sports I watch on TV are the English Premiership Soccer League mm -hmm. and the Grand Prix. Metric and football. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so even though these sporting, the billboard, the electronic billboards at all these big stadiums, you see Heineken 0-0 flash up on them all the time. Mm -hmm. Last Sunday was the Australian Grand Prix, and the main sponsor was Heineken Zero. They actually changed the spelling of Melbourne to have zero plus zero, zero in the middle of it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And that couldn't have been cheap. No. <laughs> I think so. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a really interesting time. Mm -hmm. and, and I think some of it, too, is just conversations like this, people being willing to say, mm -hmm. I don't drink. So for you to stand up and have won those massive cases yeah. of beer and say, mm -hmm. you know what, I don't drink, as opposed to just, well, I'll just take it and figure out what to do with yeah. it. Yeah, because you need to be ashamed of it. You just owned it. Well, that's how change happens is mm -hmm. when people stop hiding it and they just own who and what they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Incredible. And I, I, yeah, it, like you were saying, Matt, it, it can't. <laughs> the Australian Grand Prix doesn't just give away the ability, the naming rights for the, right. for the race. Yeah, because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, no. <laughs> it, it's, they're not doing it morally, and that's not a knock on, on corporations. No. Nope. They have to make money. And so if, if it's big enough for Heineken, it's big enough for Stella, it's big enough for Budweiser to to put real actual money into a product and product development that it's not it's it's not just some gross like syrupy weird NA thing that they make because there's a tax right off or something I don't know but they act like Bud Zero tastes like beer you wouldn't yeah. know it Heineken Zero tastes like Heineken like they replicate that uniquely Heineken taste in their non-alcoholic beer which is which is awesome and i i actually when i was up in i was up in grand forks for one of my son's hockey tournaments and we went to the brewery there half brothers half brothers brewery. yeah you wrote to us to step, step, yeah i said step brothers brewing and that wasn't right it was half brothers brewing they have two na beers on tap in their brewery which was awesome we were there with a bunch of hockey parents and i was able to try both of them and i talked to the server and she explained Kind of the why or the how it works for them so what they do is they make their regular lager and then they make a beer that has guava in it that wasn't my speed but i'm sure a lot of people would like it they make those two beers as an alcohol variety then some of that gets diverted to a plant in minnesota where they remove the alcohol and use that 
to make the seltzer that this brewery also sells. So it was fun for us because the alcohol that came out of my beer that I was drinking was in my wife's strawberry rhubarb seltzer or whatever. <laughs> That's really interesting. That's really interesting. So, like, there's a business sense to it. You're not wasting anything. Right. Um, and so I thought, I thought that was neat. So I, like I said, I think, I, I don't know how, how to make it a thing. Um, but I feel like there should be some kind of incentive, especially here in the upper Midwest where we have absolutely no doubt we have an issue with, with binge drinking and alcoholism. I see it daily in my work. Yeah. Everything I'm involved in has something to do with either alcohol or drugs. Mm. But, and you look at, you know, downtown Fargo, Moorhead, West Fargo on a Friday and Saturday night. Everyone is there. Everyone is drinking heavily. Yeah. And these businesses make a ton of money off of it. And that's great. But there should be some incentive to keep some sort of any menu or taps or whatever rotating some sort of incentive on their liquor license or something like that, where even though I've worked for the government my whole life, I'm not a huge fan of the government jumping into private business and telling them what to do, but I feel like there's something there. Um, I just looked at a friend actually just sent me the, a menu for a brand new steakhouse called Harry's in Grand Forks, um, ironically owned by the family who owns Happy Harry's. Oh. And they have an entire NA cocktail menu built into their menu. This is a very nice restaurant. Built into their menu is a whole page of cocktails. Yeah. So even more, it's there. Everybody's doing it. Like let's like let's not be behind the curve on this. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, let me put up. Yes, Guinness. You yeah. your Guinness. Wow. Yep. So we went to Ireland in 2018. It was the first time I actually managed to get Dane to Ireland since since we've been together. And I was worried because. So what, you know, Irish culture is all about the bars and the taverns. And I thought, what are we going to mm-hmm. do? I mean, I can drink Diet Coke and go in there. But Ireland have embraced non-alcoholic beer to the point it's one of the best sellers. Mm-hmm. Guinness have got a non-alcoholic um, beer. It came out the week we were there. So Dana had her first real Guinness. Yeah, I don't need to do like that it. again. And I had, I, I tried the non-alcoholic. I had a half pint or a glass, as they call it, of non-alcoholic Guinness. And it's actually quite nice. Yeah, <laughs> but I agree. I don't like to chew beer, but it is good. I mean, I don't like beer full stop, but the chewing is yeah. particularly challenging. But it was right. shocking to see even Guinness, like the monolith of beer, saying oh, that not everybody can or should drink. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, Justin has something to say. Even in small town Ellendale, I've convinced the bars to provide me with IPNAs and others are buying it also. It's, Here we go. I, I just love that so, so much. Let me just put this back up to make sure you see it, Alex, because um, I, I, you may have seen it. I put it up, but we were yeah, talking. I saw that. Thank Great. you very much, Bonnie. Um, So I think there's just so many opportunities, again, to normalize it. I don't mm-hmm. care what's in your mug. Why mm-hmm. do I care what's in your clear glass? Let's just not make it so that people have to feel isolated. I, mm-hmm. I went to the grocery store when I was in high school, a little grocery store that 
had a lot of really at-risk people. And it, this was back when um, food stamps looked like monopoly money, so mm -hmm. 30 years ago. And it was so clear who was poor and who wasn't by the way that you exchanged money. Mm -hmm. and now, I don't know if I'm in a grocery store and someone's in front of me, if they're putting in a bank debit card, if they're putting in a SNAP debit card, it doesn't matter. It's none of my business what they're doing to be present in the world. And I feel like it's actually absolutely the same with drinking. If if people aren't ready or comfortable saying they don't drink, then let's just make it easy for them not to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we like we don't put Starbucks doesn't put like a red band around the decaf coffee for the lady with the heart condition who can't have caffeine. Absolutely. Yeah. Or the skim milk for somebody trying to lose weight. Yeah. I, whatever. Yeah, my, my, my wife can't can't handle dairy. And so Starbucks doesn't like put a big X because she has <laughs> oat milk on her latte. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think I just think all of these kinds of conversations and and people driving it inside mm -hmm. where they're going is going to do exactly what you are, are advocating for. Mm -hmm. And it, I think it is amazing to watch it happening in real time. Mm -hmm. it's moving pretty fast. It's it rare to go somewhere now and see no reference to anything NA. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it, it is. Yep. So, um, like even, even uh, the Red Hawks. We were at the Red Hawks this summer and you, you have to walk all the way down to the Budweiser beer garden in the outfield. Um, it's not at all the places that have um, NA beer or that have beer. It's not at all the concession stands, but if you go down to the, the beer garden, they have Bud Zero in the can. Um, I was at the Minnesota Twins last summer. They had Bud Zero at the Twins. And I know that, I can't remember where I read it, but I know they're, that's an active priority for the Minnesota Twins to have more NA options because they, they're huge on everything in the stadium being Minnesota mm. and so all the breweries and stuff, they try to have tons of Minnesota breweries in there. And obviously that's easy with the big ones like grain belt and shell and all that, but even the smaller ones. And I, I know they talked about that. That's a, that's a priority for them to get more NA into um, the twins. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, what is the law of drinking any beers you drive? Oh, I would. Uh, I'm not an attorney, so I I can only give like advice from my perspective. But I can say if I pulled you over and you had a Bud Zero in your cup holder, that wouldn't be considered an open container because, uh, like, you can't sell beer in a grocery store in North Dakota, like with the groceries, it has to be separate, but you can buy Bud Zero at Hornbacher's by the soda. So I would say go for it. Um, and keep this video at hand in case another police officer says <laughs> yeah, no. As a, as a cop, like this is just my opinion. I'm not the state's attorney um, and I'm not the legislature, but there's, 0.05, I think, is the mm -hmm. ABV for Bud Zero, and there's more alcohol in like regular chocolate. I think is what it was. Mm, yeah, the, oh, the no, fermenting and the sugar. 
oh, in certain foods, there's a higher alcohol content. Some because somebody sued Heineken for saying it was zero percent, and they had to say that's why it says zero point zero because it's like zero point zero five. Oh, because someone sued because it used to be just Heineken zero, and somebody sued and said it's not zero, it's zero point zero five or whatever. But mm -hmm. there's actually more uh, ethyl alcohol in foods that we eat every day yeah. just because of the sugars and the way the chemistry and all sure. that. I, I got to see in that. So I'm not going to go too much farther. But <laughs> we'll leave that to the plant cell well biochemist, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that. Like somebody you, with Dr. One of their names. Not the guy who got a C at Oak Grove in high school chemistry. Yeah. Diana got a C. Oh yeah, barely, <laughs> barely got a C. Oh, that was a lucky guess. Yeah. My lab science in college, I had to take two lab sciences and I went to kind of a unique college, like I said, but so my lab science, my first one was meteorology because um, that was the easiest lab science. And then the other one was chemistry of explosives, um, very niche, but um, so don't, yeah, don't ask me about how plants help alcohol. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. None of us needs to know that. Just one nope. guy knows it, and that's all good. Well, Alex, this has been uh, incredibly interesting. To, Alex, and thank you for everything you do. Yeah. Yes, my pleasure. And congratulations yes. on your sobriety. Yes, it's thank you. I wish you. Extraordinary. I wish you many luck, much luck one day at a time. Mm -hmm. for a very you as well, Matt. Yeah, and to everybody else, thanks for chiming in. This is yeah, thanks for jumping in, everybody. When people are commenting and asking questions so keep those coming alex thanks again thank we'll you, see you soon thank you for having me we'll thank see you care. tuesday take yep. care Bye. thanks so much for tuning in to daily dose of dr mary and dd if you enjoyed the content and want to learn more head over to facebook to daily dose dr mary dd you can find us on YouTube under Dana DelVal. And if you want to get signed up for our weekly newsletter, email me at D-A-Y-N-A at D-A-Y-N-A-D-E-L-V-A-L dot com. Have a great day. We hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.